Well, we're starting a new message series this morning, and I've called it Searching for Something, Six Deep Needs That Jesus Meets. And as I was trying to think of a title for this, I I had originally thought I would call it needy. But there's a lot of baggage that comes with that word, isn't there? I mean, what what do you think of when you think of somebody who's needy? Hmm? Okay, annoying? Complaining? Toddlers? Okay, we're talking adult needy. But, uh, yeah, They're, they can be clingy, that kind of thing, right? And and really no one wants to be seen as needy. So, like, if I posted a, a, a slide of our message series on Facebook and the title of it was Needy, that would get zero shares, right? It's not like you can you can tag a friend and say, come hear the message this weekend, you need to hear this, right? No one wants to be needy. But the truth is that we are all needy. We all have deep needs that if they aren't met can cause us to become people who act in needy ways. And it's kind of like that country song, looking for love in all the wrong places, right? We are, whether we recognize it or not, we will find ourselves trying to get those needs met somewhere in some way. We're all searching for something, and if we don't find it, we go through life like walking wounded. And today we're going to talk about the need to belong. We're created for a relationship with God and with others. We're wired to seek out community and friendships, to to belong to something bigger than ourselves. And, And God has built this need to be accepted, to be included, to be cared about into our being. As psychologists have long recognized the, the need for a sense of belonging, that it's crucial to our mental, our physical, and our emotional health. And our happiness is tied to our belonging. And, and you know, how great the pain when we don't belong, Right? Uh, anyone who's consistently picked last on the playground at recess or set out every school dance in high school or who was singled out to be bullied because of your looks or your weight or who was given a derogatory nickname that was funny to everybody but you or couldn't find a seat on the bus because no one would move over uh, knows what it's knows something of that pain. Uh, we all look for a safe place to fit in, where we belong and are cared about. You know, I've had about four or five people through the course of my ministry who've come to me and shared that their deepest hurt in life was that they never seemed to fit in anywhere. And, and most of us don't have that kind of, haven't experienced that kind of rejection, but most all of us know what it's like to be an outsider in some group or some area of our life, right? There's just a group that you don't fit in with, or maybe it's the in-laws or whatever, you're the outlaw in the in, to the in-laws. And we find ourselves trying to find ways to fit in. And the ways that we try to fit in can actually sometimes work against authentic belonging and connection. So in your message notes, um, if you like to write things down, before we talk about how we can find acceptance and belonging in Jesus Christ. I want to look at 
some of the pitfalls of trying to meet those needs in other ways. And the first is that you can become a people pleaser, all right? That you just, uh, your life is directed by trying to please other people. Your decisions are based on what's going to please someone else. And, you know, this is a real struggle for young people in their middle middle school and high school years. Uh, they want to belong, fit in somewhere. They're trying to figure out who they are and what kind of people they hang with. And there's this real pull uh, to give in to peer pressure. And whether it's smoking or drinking or swearing, uh, getting involved, they get involved in activities that can turn their life, turn into a lifelong struggle. Yeah, maybe some of you adults here today are, have habits or addictions that started because you were trying to fit in in high school or college. Um, but people pleasing doesn't end there, does it? When you graduate, uh, you know that step on the scale in the morning and you're afraid you're not going to be accepted because of the number that you read there, you know, those kinds of things. We, we still struggle with it throughout our life and keep us, it keeps us from experiencing all that God intends for our life. Then the second pitfall is your life begins to feel like a rat race. I mean, has anyone ever overcommitted yourself? Yeah. And sometimes that's because uh, we just can't say no because we're afraid someone might not like us or we won't invite it, be invited next time to this. And, you know, your kids are involved in every uh, activity and every sport, so they'll be in the in crowd even when it means that your family life is pr- practically non-existent and, and it's, um, your home is in chaos. And then the third thing is you can find yourself in a financial mess. You know, acceptance in some circles comes with a price tag, doesn't it? And you can spend more than you can afford to buy things in order to fit in. And the, the fact of the matter is, unless we find a center greater than what others think of us, the quest to belong and to be liked and included will continually leave us disappointed and empty. But the good news is that we have somewhere, someone, that we can go to that meets this need and every other need. And there's a wonderful promise found in Philippians 4. You'll find it there at the top of your message notes. It's our memory verse for this series. So let's read together. Philippians 4:19. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4:19. My God will meet all of your needs. We're all searching for something. We all have needs and Jesus says, come to me. Come to me and you'll find what you're looking for. We're going to look at a story in the fourth chapter of the Gospel of John. Uh, It's about a woman who made this discovery. And in this passage, Jesus and his disciples are going from Judea up to Galilee and he takes his disciples by the route that passes through Samaria which is unusual and odd. It was an area that was populated uh, by people who, people who were of Jewish ancestry, but different kings that had invaded the land had brought in other population groups, and so they had intermarried with these other people, so they were despised by the Jewish people as, and seen as unclean and you know, untouchables, that kind of thing. 
And so the Jews disliked the Samaritans so much that they would actually make a three-day trip around Samaria, cross the Jordan River twice so that they didn't have to pass through that country. And one of the reasons was the Samaritans didn't like the Jews very well either, and they would heckle them and throw stones at them as they're passing through. So this is the place that Jesus and his disciples are walking through. And while they're on their way, Jesus, tired from the journey, sends his disciples into the town to get some food, and he sits down next to a well. And as he's resting, a woman comes to the well to draw water in the middle of the day. And this is not the usual time when women came to draw water. Uh, The women usually came early in the morning while it was still cool out. They would get the water for their families and their households. But this woman is coming at noon in the heat of the day. As we read the story, we discover why. Uh, She has a reason for coming at that time of the day when no one else was there. She uh, has a pretty checkered past and a not-so-respectable present. So she's coming for water in the middle of the day to avoid the judgmental stares and the whispered comments. She didn't fit in with the women who were coming to draw water in the morning. But today, Jesus is there. Instead of judgmental stares, he engages her in conversation, and he asks her to draw him a drink of water. Now, you have to understand that that's pretty unusual, too, because the Jewish people would never drink out of a container that a Samaritan person had used. It was unclean. And so he's asking her for this water, and it's unusual that he's talking to her at all. In their culture, uh, men in that kind of a setting would never talk to a woman unless it was his wife, his sister, or his mother. And when the disciples return later and find him talking to this woman, they're, they're surprised by that. So this whole conversation is kind of out of the norm. And Jesus engages her in this conversation, and he speaks to her, not just asking her for water they get into a conversation that's pretty deep talking about spiritual issues and then personal issues so let's look at their conversation if you want to turn with me to John chapter 4 I'm going to start in um, verse 6 it was about noon when a Samaritan woman came to draw water Jesus said to her will you give me a drink His disciples had gone into town to buy some food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw water up from the well with. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his flocks and herds? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give them will never thirst Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water 
so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here for water. Now, this is where the story gets personal, and Jesus takes it in a whole different direction. And he, he told her, go call your husband and come back. So he invites her to go into town, get her husband, and come back with him. But there's a glitch. <laughs> I have no husband, she replied. And Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five husbands. And the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. So Jesus uh, (laughs) laid her whole life out in front of her. He knew her story completely. And the interesting thing is that she doesn't seem to have any feelings of condemnation. She doesn't tell him to back off. And as you read this, she actually later leaves her jug of water and went back to the village and invited everyone to uh, saying, come and meet the man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? Now, think about that for a minute. If you met someone who knew everything that you had ever did, would your first thought be, I need to go in town and invite everybody to come and meet this guy? Probably not. And that makes me think that even though she was completely found out, that everything about her life was laid bare, she still felt loved and accepted. And that must have been, you know, an interesting invitation, don't you think? I mean, this isn't a huge village. So the people knew her colorful story. And can you imagine the raised eyebrows when she gives that invitation, come and meet someone who knows everything I've ever done? They would be like, everything? This woman had five husbands, wasn't married to the guy she was living with. She appears at the center of town inviting people to come and meet someone who knows her whole life story cover to cover, and that's a good thing. And Jesus knows your whole life story cover to cover, and he loves you and he accepts you, and that's a good thing. And we see in story after story in the Gospels that Jesus loved and accepted all kinds of people. If you want to pull your message notes back out, I, I want to very quickly look at three insights that we see in this story that will help us to find that real acceptance and belonging in Jesus Christ. And the first thing is to recognize that God invites everyone into his family. There's no one excluded. Scripture says that Jesus had to go through Samaria Actually, he didn't have to go through Samaria. As I said earlier, most of the Jews went around Samaria. But Jesus had to go through Samaria because he loves people. He loves all people. He had to go through Samaria because there were people there uh, that he cared about who don't belong. And one thing is clear in this story. It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done in the past. Jesus cares about you. He knows it all, and he loves you. And he wants to make eternal life and his life in his kingdom and as a family available to you. You know, no one is too far removed from God to be found by God. 
Uh, I like this uh, old striker, uh, striper song that says, you may have walked 10,000 steps away, but it's only one step back. It's only one step back to God. God loves you. It's acceptable through faith in Jesus Christ, and his invitation is to everyone. And to experience the belonging that Jesus offers us, you just have to, number two, accept Jesus' invitation to belong. You know, when Jesus asked the woman at the well to drink the water, uh, for a drink of water, she was pretty surprised by that. She questioned him, are, are you asking me for a drink? And his reply is more of an invitation than a reply. He said, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would give you living water. And that invitation that Jesus extended to that woman is an invitation that he extends to all of us. He says, ask, and I'll give you living water. And, and Jesus is that living water. He, he's, he's saying, ask me, and I'll come into your life. And he's extending that invitation to everyone here this morning. You know, everyone, even if you've been a follower of Jesus Christ, he's inviting you to in to invite him into every problem, every situation in your life. And he'll be like living water that will refresh that, that will take care of it, that'll that'll um, uh, replace all the hurt in your life with, with his joy and his presence. And he's opened that door to us through the cross. And that invitation is an invitation into community. Together, our purpose as a church then is number three, to accept and invite others to belong. And the church is one of the ways that Jesus meets the need that we have for belonging, for community, for acceptance, for love. It's a place to be, to, to belong. Romans 15 says, 7 says, accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. If we're going to grow as followers of Jesus Christ, we need friends who will accept us just as we are, who will speak truth into our life when we need it, not leave us, uh, let us you know, go down a path that's going to be uh, taking us the wrong direction, and help us to become who we long to be. You know, when this woman runs back into town to, to uh, invite others to come and meet Jesus, that invitation changed the whole community. Uh, look at John four thirty nine through 42. It says, Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony, that he told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. That's really unusual, too. And because of his words, many more became believers. And they said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we've heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. And, and that community was changed by that encounter with Jesus Christ. And, and I kind of wonder, you know, uh, what this woman's life was like after Jesus left. I mean, did she start going for water in the morning with the other women? Did they greet her with smiles and ask her how her day was going, you know? Knowing Jesus, an encounter with Jesus, um, changes everything. And it's the kind of belonging that Jesus wants for all of us. We're created to love, be loved, 
we're wired for belonging. You know, if you're a guest here today we, we, and don't have a church family, we would love to have you come back and grow more in love with Jesus with us, who's opened the door for all of us into the family of God. Would you pray with me? Loving God, we thank you for the day that you've given us, for the church that you've uh, provided for us to surround us with Christian fellowship and others who love you, who will help us to grow to know you better, who will accept us and love us, care for us, surround us when we need, need prayer, when we're hurting, to be your hands and your feet to us, to speak the words of encouragement when we need it, God. We, we thank you for your church, and I pray for everyone here today, God, if there's anybody that's never received the life that you offer, that they would, that they would find that, find acceptance and belonging in you, and then find a place in your church that they would grow to, to know you and love you better all their life. And we ask these things in Jesus' name.